This is January 9th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Tipped in, wide open, they score! Shane gets the rebound! And the former Flyer makes it 1 nothing. Here's the play by Shen. He actually swats the stick of the defenseman, Sandheim. And Sandheim can't get it, but Ray destroys the fourth shot. Rebound goal. Thanks for coming. Episode of 2019 here on the Bruce Beat on CLS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. And, you know, we've already been, we've only been in January for about a week. And we're still a month and a half away from the trade deadline, but there's been a lot of, <laughs> excuse me, trade talks going for the Boston Bruins here. And one of the teams they uh, seem to be connected to, as I reported on CLNS Media and on Twitter, um, is the, the St. Louis Blues. And I was told by two trusted sources that they, uh, we're inquiring about Braden Shen and potentially trying to work a deal out for him. And don't know where that stands right now, but I do know they're still talking. And uh, I'm sure they're talking to many other teams right now. But I want to kind of go outside of what we're hearing here in Boston and bring in more of a St. Louis perspective and see see where that team is right now. Because with the way they are in the standings, they're going to likely be an active team at the trade deadline or leading into it. And I want to bring on my old friend Andy Strickland of Fox Sports Midwest. He's the ringside reporter there, and he's also a host on 590 The Fan. Andy, how you been, my friend? I've been great. Jimmy, how are you? Good, good, man. And, uh, I mean, obviously with where the Blues are and the, the season they've had, uh, you know, a lot of trade talks are going to start to percolate around. Actually, they already have, but it's going to get even louder, I imagine. And, I mean, we go back to even before Christmas, uh, we were hearing that, the name Vladimir Tarasenko out of St. Louis is potentially available there. And that, I think that kind of took a lot of people by surprise, uh, just considering uh, the type of player he is and what you would think uh, he would mean to a team. But, you know, obviously he'll have a lot of trade appeal too. But uh, the one that got me was what I had been hearing, and I kind of was working on it for a while. And then just two guys that I trust a lot, uh, told me there was some truth to it, is that the Bruins were very interested in Braden Shen. And uh, this guy, to me, I would think, Andy, has a lot more appeal. I, I'm not saying, obviously, talent-wise. Tarasenko's more talented. But in terms of a cap hit, uh, term left, and, and what he could bring to a contending team, and and just the probably the lesser cost to acquire him, uh, this guy has a lot more appeal to me, and he's very intriguing. Uh, what are you hearing there about Braden Shen? And then we'll get into a little more about the Blues after that. Well, I mean, first off, I mean, this is what happens when the season hasn't gone as expected and you're sitting well out of the playoff picture, you know. Um, then, you know, you look at the top players on the roster for, for that particular team, and in this case, the St. Louis Blues, what's going to happen, Murph? A lot of people are going to focus on, a number of different players, trade rumors are going to be attached to a number of different guys as well. And I think that's what's happening right now. Um, you know, the one are thing I will say about the Blues. Early, Did it happen this early? No, I'm not surprised because okay. it, I mean, you look at where the season is at and, you know, it is what it is. Okay, this is just the case for, uh, you know, the Los Angeles Kings are going through the same thing. There's a number of other teams who, you know, sit well out of the playoff picture and, you know, I say well out of the playoff picture. I think inside the Blues dressing room, I don't think they believe that they're fully out of it. You know, and it may sound crazy to some, but, you know, they're seven points out. Um, 
they seem to embrace playing on the road. They played among the fewest road games in the National Hockey League. They got a lot of road games coming up. They got a ton of divisional games. They still have 20 games against the Eastern Conference left this season. They played better hockey against the East than they have against the West. So um, they've got a ton of games in hand on a number of player uh, teams around the league. I think they played the fewest amount of games in the entire league. Um, you know, tonight they play the Dallas Stars, and and you know this is going to be the midway point for the St. Louis Blues tonight, where every other team in the league has already reached that 41 game mark. So, you know, the Blues haven't won more than two games in a row all season. They've yet to have a winning streak of three games or more, and I think they believe as a team that if they can put together a winning streak, then they could easily get back into the playoff race. Now, you got to win a number of games in a row for that to happen. I get that. But, you know, a lot of trading is floating around right now. I don't get the impression that Doug Armstrong or the owner, Tom Stillman, are looking to rebuild. They had a lot of expectations coming into this season. So if they're going to make moves, they're going to want players back in return that can help this team right now. Now, if you look at the Boston Bruins, they've got a lot of players both on the roster and prospects within the organization that they'd probably be willing to part with if they could move. Um, they've got a wide cast of, of prospects um, that will allow them to be active if they if, if they so choose to be active. Now, you, know, you mentioned Braden Shen. Braden Shen's a good player. He scored, what, 25 or more goals in three consecutive seasons. He had a career-high 28 goals last year. The season hasn't gone uh, as expected for him this season, although he has scored goals in back-to-back games and yep. you know, looks to be trending in the right direction. Um, you know, he's got one year left on his contract. But, you know, I look at the St. Louis Blues roster moving forward. They've got Robert Thomas here who's going to be, um, you know, a potential number one center. Could it be a number one center? He'll certainly be a top six centerman for this hockey club moving forward. You have Ryan O'Reilly as well. And so what the future holds for Braden Shen remains to be seen. Um, you know, he's making north of $5 million right now. What will that next contract look like when you have some of these other players already in place here, and Tyler Bozak is here for two more years at $5 million a year. So, it's, listen, it's an interesting situation. Could Braden Shen be moved? I guess it's possible. Um, you know, in the case of Vladimir Tarasenko, I don't see a move uh, involving Tarasenko to take place during the course of the season. You know, people were bringing up Alex Petrangelo's name as well. You know, Tarasenko, his no-move clause kicks in July 1st. You certainly have a window from an organizational standpoint if you want to move the player. Mm-hmm. But the Blues would want a ton in return, James. I mean, I'm talking a lot in return, as you would expect, for one of the premier goal scorers in the NHL over the course of the last five years or so. And those deals are typically made in the summer. Those aren't in-season deals. And, again, the Blues aren't looking to move these guys for a first-round pick or a second-round pick and a couple of prospects. They want players in return. These deals are much more complicated than just a rental where you're getting a draft pick in return. And like I said here, the Blues aren't looking to rebuild. So, there's a lot of speculation. How much truth is there to the speculation? I'm sure there's some, but whether or not a deal or not is imminent, I'm not so sure I'd go that quickly. Right. And we'll have to you know, wait, wait it out and see what transpires between now and the, and the trade deadline coming up late next month. You, you know, you, you started that off by making such an interesting point, and I think it's a, a, a dilemma that just because of the salary cap error, uh, so many teams at this time of year and even – maybe a month from now, find themselves in is, are we still within striking distance of the playoffs? Are we still, do we still have a chance? And, and that's just such a, 
I, I think a tough reality for a GM to, to kind of grasp and, and get a hold of because of the way so many teams are, are clumped together up until that deadline. And, you know, I think you'd agree with me, Andy. I, I think there's probably been a lot of deals that, you know, let's just take this one, for example, right now. Maybe these two teams are talking Braden Shen, right? But maybe Armstrong, Doug Armstrong, the GM of the Blues, he doesn't want to go on a deal like that right now because, hey, wait a minute, I might need this guy. I might be able to make a playoff push. I mean, look at Blackhawks right now. I know they lost last night, but they played a lot better hockey, I believe 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, and they're still within striking distance, and Stan Bowman's got to be asking himself the same question. You know, do I want to get rid of a guy like this who might help me get into the playoffs? So, you know, if you're a GM, like, how do you deal with that at this point in the year? Well, there's no urgency whatsoever. To move a Braden Shen, you brought up that name, so we'll talk about him since you brought it up. There's no urgency to move a Braden Shen. I'm not going to sit here and say it will or will or will not happen, but what's the urgency when he's under contract next year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned the Chicago Blackhawks. they got a core group of players who have won Stanley Cups, and you think they believe that they're out of it right now? I think they're going to continue to push. I mean, look at the way they've played as of late. They've made a coaching change. Same situation here with the Blues. They made a coaching change. But they came into the season with high expectations. Yeah. You know, management had high expectations. You mentioned Doug Armstrong. He made the big trade for Ryan O'Reilly in the offseason. They signed Pat Maroon, David Perron, uh, Tyler Bozak. They brought on a number of different faces and players into the organization this past summer. And I don't think they're going to look to wave the white flag. Now, they have a first-round pick that's top ten protected that they sent to Buffalo for Ryan O'Reilly. So they only get to use that pick if they're in the top ten. Right. Maybe Doug Armstrong can go out and fetch another first-round pick for another player between now and the beginning of the draft. But, you know, that's why they call it the trade deadline. I mean, when you're talking these type of players, rarely do we see them. I'm not saying it doesn't happen or hasn't happened before, but rarely do we see it happen prior to the trade deadline. So there's still plenty of time. And if Doug Armstrong is going to move a named player or a veteran guy who's had success in this league, uh, he's not just talking to one team. Uh, there's a number of teams – who are calling Doug Armstrong on a daily basis right now because of where they're at in the standings. And so if he wants to make a deal, you know, Doug Armstrong has proven in the past that he can make good trades. Um, you know, he's, he's very smart. He's calculated how he goes about moving players. Um, you don't see him make too many bad deals. You saw the Ryan O'Reilly trade, obviously, in the offseason. So I think he's going to wait this thing out and just see where they're at come trade deadline time. But when you're sitting here and – Early January, seven points out. I don't think they're going to make a reactionary move or a move that they would regret later in the year. I think they're going to let this thing play out and see where they're at. And at the end of the day, it's up to the players inside the dressing room. How well do they play? How good a hockey can they play between now and the trade deadline to make things interesting for Doug Armstrong? And I will say this. Army has communicated with his players a lot during the course of this season. I think he had conversations with them just before Christmas. Uh, to maybe pump the brakes on some of these rumors that you're hearing out there, telling a number of his players that, hey, I'm not looking to make a move. You know, get this team back in the playoff position. Maybe I'll look to add a player. I think that's been the message sent from him to a number of his players. Now, we saw Robert Bortuzzo, um, you know, get locked up for three more years. He was going to be a UFA. You have guys like Jay Bo Meester, Carl Gunnarsson, Pat Maroon, those type of players who don't have contracts next year. If I'm focusing on the Blues, maybe those are the players that I'm paying attention to simply based on the fact that these guys are UFAs at the end of the season 
And if you're going to move a veteran guy like a Bo Meester, give him an opportunity to go play in the playoffs and extend his career, maybe you do that. But I really believe if you talk to management and you talk to the coaching staff and certainly talk to the players, they're not surrendering the season here in the beginning of January. There's a lot of hockey to be played, a lot of runway left, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, again, we just got to wait and see how it plays out. There's so much hockey. We're just halfway through. I don't think anybody would suggest that a team like St. Louis, when you look at the players on their roster, are completely out of it just yet. But, you know, we bring, let's let's focus in on Armstrong for a bit here. He did make that big move to bring in Ryan O'Reilly. Um, he has, I think in the eyes of many in the hockey world, positioned this team with, with players that you would think they would be a contender. So when a season like this happens, is it is it looked at as an anomaly or is it looked at as, well, did he misjudge and is his job in danger? Uh, well, he signed a four-year contract. I think this is the first year of that four-year deal. I, I don't think his job's in danger. Again, um, you know, the one thing about Tom Stillman, the owner, I think that he's patient uh, with how he, you know, runs this franchise. you got to keep in mind this team made the playoffs for six straight years. They missed the playoffs last year by a point. They came in with high expectations. Based on what we see in the first half of the season, they have not met those expectations. We all know in pro sports when you don't meet expectations, that usually means changes. I don't expect changes at the management position, though, um, at this stage of where we're at right now. Things could always change into the future, but based off of where we're at right now, um, I, I think they look at this season as a little bit of a write-off. And if they keep this group of players together, maybe add some players in the off season. do they believe that this group is good enough to win with? Um, you got some guys who are uh, – you know, have a lot of, you know, miles, uh, you know, on the tires, some wear and tear, some mm-hmm. veteran guys who you look at where they're slotted on the roster right now still have, you know, prominent roles on the hockey club. I think that's something that the Blues will, will look at moving forward, you know, into next season, probably even the second half of this year, is, you know, at what point in time do you switch up some of these roles that certain individuals are playing on this hockey club in an effort to get better and get quicker and get younger. And I think a lot of teams probably go through that. So that's kind of where they're at right now. But, again, that's it's just my, my way of, of thinking, you know, this out. You know, Jimmy, I've been doing this long enough to realize things can change quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can play your way out of the playoffs just as quickly as you can play your way into the playoffs. And, you know, the, the the first half of the season for the Blues, they put themselves in this position they're in right now, okay? So nobody's going to feel bad for them. Um, they need to play better. But as of late, you've seen them play, you know, some better hockey, you know, just in head-to-head matchups. Even in some of these games they've lost recently. You go back to the New York Rangers game when they outshot the Rangers 33-9 in the final two periods, spent most of that game in the offensive end, just couldn't score off Henrik Lundqvist, but they lost the game 2-1. to one. You look at the game against the New York Islanders that they lost. They should never have lost that game. They had the lead going into the third period. They allowed 14 shots against the entire game, 14 shots. Mm-hmm. Um, you allow 14 shots in a game, typically you're going to find yourself walking out with two points, and in that case they needed to walk out with two points. That's a bad loss no matter how you look at it, not just about the shots against, but – you know, the fact they had the lead going into the third period. Um, 
that they're allowing fewer than, than what, 25 shots against something like that over the course of the last handful of games, four or five games in a row. So there are certain trends that you look at and you say, wow, they're starting to play better. And all this is happening with a number of their key offensive players having down years. Tarasenko isn't scoring at the rate that we've seen throughout the course of his career. He needs to be better. They're getting very limited production from guys like Jaden Schwartz. These are guys who play prominent roles, impact roles, around the ice and off a lot, and they're expected to be better from a production standpoint. Alexander Steen, he just suffered an injury, but he hasn't been producing offense, and he's in a prominent role uh, for this hockey club. Uh, Pat Maroon, who was brought over, hasn't produced at the level that they were thinking that maybe that he would. Uh, Tyler Bozak hasn't produced at the level that they needed you know, from him from an offensive standpoint. So, you know, outside of, you know, and even Brady Shen, who we talked about for the most part, now he scored goals in back-to-back games, but from a production, purely based on production, this guy has not met the expectations for him personally this year. I think he would agree with that. So outside of O'Reilly and David Perron, they haven't had a whole lot of consistency offensively. So things can change if these guys can start playing better hockey and better offensive hockey and give this team a chance to uh, to get back into it. You know, defensively, they've been okay. The goaltending's been up and down. They need Jake Allen to be more consistent. He's been better as a Blake, certainly better than he was early in the year. But they certainly need him to be even better than what we've seen from him. So, again, that's why they call it the deadline, Jimmy. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a deadline for a reason. I think you have up until that deadline to make a decision where you want to go with the hockey club. Andy, it's funny. The, the last guy you brought up there, Jake Allen, that was where my next question was going to go there. You, you earlier referenced how Armstrong has gone out and kind of, you know, he's, he's made some big changes with that team. You know, they, they had a core that they thought was going to win the cup for a while from, you know, say 2010 to 2015 or so. And, and then he, there's some changes there with some veterans going out. One of them is now in Boston, David Backus, of course, signs as a free agent in Boston a few years back. Uh, but there's a bit of a common thread there in that changeover that stayed there and is obviously a key piece, and that's Jake Allen. Is there a point where – I don't see it happen in midseason, but is there a point where Armstrong says maybe we need to go in a different direction between the pipes? And I know that sounds crazy because he's still quite young, but is it is it getting to that point with Jake Allen? Well, absolutely it gets to a point where you have to make a decision. I mean, especially at the goaltending position, you have to you have to decide – do you feel like this guy can get you where you want to go? Um, and I, I, I honestly believe that evaluation process is still going on. And we all know how difficult it is to go out and get a number one goaltender. I mean, it's not easy. Teams aren't offering up those guys. They're not looking to give away number one goaltenders. So when you commit to a goaltender as an organization, you, you kinda, you're, you're kind of forced to, to live with it. You, you're stuck with that. And listen, I've seen Jake Allen play. The same thing happens here with Duke Grass, trust me. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him play some great hockey where he, there are games when he looks like a top 10 goaltender because he plays like one. I know. And there are games where he doesn't look as good. Now, you don't have a whole lot of depth right now at the goaltending position. Jordan Bennington, you know, gets a shutout in his first career start. Um, and, you know, I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit and see how he yeah. performs moving forward. You know, I mean, he played the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I think he made 25 saves. The Flyers weren't great. In that hockey game, they didn't have a whole lot of pressure in the Blues defensive end, so uh, he was far from being under siege, but he made the saves that he was supposed to make. So, again, I, I think it's going to get to a point where you're going to have to make a decision, but, again, where do you go? Now, they had Carter Hutton here. They elected to allow him to walk. 
Um, he signs a contract in the offseason with Buffalo. They've had some other good goalies here. I mean, we're going to see Ben Bishop tonight playing for the Dallas Stars. They let him leave several years ago when Brian Elliott's big story, and, you know, he was an NHL all-star here, um, you know, and had a great run with the Blues. And so at the time, the, the decision didn't look bad, you know, and I don't like to second guess either. You make a decision, you move on, and, and Brian Elliott had a great run here in St. Louis. But you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to make a decision. And, you know, Jake Allen, like I said, the inconsistency and, um, you know, I think that's what, you know, maybe has, you know, ruffled the feathers with the fans a little bit. But there is proof this guy can be a good goaltender. We saw it in the playoffs a few years ago when he beat Minnesota. Uh, He stole the series for this hockey club. And he's had stretches where this guy is really, really good. He finished the year strong last year, started the year last year strong. Uh, had some bumps in the road in the middle of the year, and this year hasn't had the necessary support offensively, and the team hasn't been as good defensively as they've shown in the past. So it's not just on Jake Allen, but, again, that evaluation on him and where they want to go with goaltending uh, is certainly up in the air, and we'll pay close attention to that moving forward. For sure. And quickly, I mean, when you look uh, from an outside perspective, you look at the Boston Bruins, and you, you mentioned there that they have, you know, a wealth of young prospects and, and have some guys that they could use as trade shift. What's the general feeling you get, uh, you know, as an outsider looking in at the Bruins in terms of where that organization's at right now? Well, they've got some good young players. Um, you know, I mean, again, you talk about the window to win. I mean, you know, you look at the Boston Bruins right away, you think of their veteran guys and the core players who have been there for a long time. But, you know, they're, they're going to – listen, the Boston Bruins are – are a good hockey team. I, I don't know why they're not better. You know, they got off to a slow start. There's been stretches during the course of the season. Yeah, they had a lot of injuries. There's been stretches during the course of the year. They look like they can be a dominating team. Um, you know, the Bruins look like a really good hockey team. At their best, are they better than the than the top teams in the Eastern Conference? I'm not so sure they are at this stage, but it doesn't mean that they can't win or get hot and get some good goaltending and go on a run come playoff time especially when you have the experience that they have. Their top players have won before. They've played a ton of hockey, and I think there's a lot of confidence in, in, in what they're able to do together as a team. You've got some good young players as well. So, I mean, the Bruins, are, the Bruins are an interesting team to pay attention to. I don't think a lot of teams out there would volunteer to play against Boston in a seven-game series, but they're a little bit of you're not exactly sure what you're going to get game in and game out. They can beat anybody. But there's been plenty of times when you expect them to win and they don't show up and play as well as maybe you expected them to. But, again, when you've got the leadership they have inside that room, the core players and the experience of winning, um, you know, they're going to be there in the end. They're going to have a chance to make some noise come playoff time. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Well, listen, Andy, I know you pressed your time. We'll let you go, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me here on the Bruins Beat. Anytime, Jimmy. You take care, man. All right, my friend. That's Andy Strickland of Fox Sports Midwest and the 590 The Fan in St. Louis. I'm Jimmy Murphy, and this has been another edition of the Bruce Beat here on CLS Media.